0: Stand with me, and out of respect, and turn with me to Psalm 18, Psalm number 18, and we're continuing our series, maybe a couple more messages as the Lord leads. I've been enjoying going through some of these thoughts about treasures in the darkness, and you think about how we're living in some difficult days, some challenging days, some days that maybe We wonder if the sun's going to shine at all, and yet God always has something, even during times like these, and I've been encouraged as I've been studying and preparing, and I hope these messages have been helping you, and maybe share them with someone else or share thoughts. One of our members said the other day, Pastor, a lot of times during the week we're at work and we're at home and we're talking about some of the things that maybe uh, you've been sharing from the Word of God. Hey, listen, do that. I know some of our members tell me from time to time that they, they talk to their coworkers and they share things, and some of you are in college. Listen, it's okay to talk about the Lord in college and, and at work and at home, and a lot of times we talk about everything but the Lord, and let's make sure we're doing that. And today we come across one of these great passages, and of course I love the book of Psalms, and as you think about this, the word psalm actually means song. If your Bible, if you're looking at it right now, if you look in Psalm 18, and maybe your Bible's like mine, uh, how many of you have what we call titles underneath of where it says Psalm 18, 19, right? Some of you have that there. If you look at, of course, look back one, one Psalm, Psalm 17, underneath of where it says Psalm 17, it actually says a prayer of David. How many of you see that in your Bible? So Psalm 17 is a prayer that David prayed. But look in Psalm 18, and notice the the title, it's not just a few words. Everybody see that? Now, some of you may not have it, so if you don't, maybe look over at your neighbor, keep your social distance, all right? But look at your neighbor here, and look what it says here, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this psalm. In the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, and he said. Now, when you look at that title there, clearly it says that it is a song. Notice David mentions he's the servant of the Lord, and he says that that these were the words that he sung in the day, in other words, God gave David a song to sing. And these are those words. This isn't a prayer. This is a song. David singing this to the Lord. And he sang it. And look at the occasion. It was when God delivered him. By the way, do you notice the word Lord? Do you pay attention when you're reading your Bible? Sometimes you see the word Lord. And it's capital L, small O, small R, small D. But if you notice the title here, both times it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. How many of you saw that? This is talking about God Jehovah. This is talking about the, the creator God. This is, David says, look, I am going to sing for my Lord. Some of you, you, listen, I hope that you have a song to sing. One of our members uh, sent me a little message, and I know she meant well, and I took it well, but she says... I get tickled, Pastor, when I hear you sing and lead the music. I don't know how to interpret that. But the Bible says make a joyful noise to the Lord, and that's what I do, you know. I can carry a tune in a bucket, all right? And so here's the thing is, David, now I don't know if David could sing on key or not. I don't know if David was flat or not, but David sang this song. Hey, listen, when God does something in your heart, you have a reason to sing. That's what David is doing here. And if you take your Bible, and by the way, when you look at this psalm, one one, uh, old preacher many years ago, he actually said that this Psalm 18 is the grateful retrospect. That's what he called it, the grateful retrospect. It's really a psalm of victory. How many of you like living a defeated life? That's what I thought. Here's a great psalm to help you to live on the victory side of life. How many of you want to know what God has for us in this psalm, right? So let's dive into it this morning. Go with me uh, this morning to our text in verse number 30 of this psalm. Here's what David says. As for God, His way is what, church? His way is perfect. Now notice, the word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those who trust in him, for who is God? Save the Lord. Or who is a rock? Save our God. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. David says, God makes my way what? Perfect. Why? Because God's way is what? Perfect. Let's pray. Lord, thank you this morning for this wonderful psalm this song that David was able to sing on the day that you delivered him from all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. God, I don't know what people are facing in life. Some I do, some I don't. But I do, do know this morning, you know what they're facing. The enemies that are attacking, Lord, I, feel, I know that there are some circumstances beyond our control But I pray, God, that you would deliver us and that you would give us a song to sing like you gave to David. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated this morning. As I study this psalm this week, I I realized this is a wonderful psalm about the life of David. And, and, And there's a lot of people I love studying about the Bible. One of them is David. But you know, on top of what this psalm actually says about David, it also contains something very important because It contains also, if you really read and study it, it contains the truth of what our Savior has done for us. You know, ultimately, this is God's Word. And as we read and study it, understand, and we got into a little bit of a discussion with this in Sunday school hour this morning, and I want to encourage you, join us as we study the Word of God. Brother Flynn is doing a wonderful job going through the Bible, and the ladies' class was meeting today and discussing the Word of God, and the young singles were spending time today, and the Word of God, the teens were back there, and the, the, the couples' class on Monday night by way of Zoom, and our children's classes, hey, we need to get in the Word of God, but here's what we need to always understand is that God gave us His Word, and the Bible says, thy word is truth. Now, where it gets interesting is, listen, God's Word doesn't change. Why? Because the God who gave it to us doesn't change. Now, what you do find is is that we can, as we read and study the Word of God, we can find that there are ways that we can apply the Word of God to our lives. Notice I didn't say change it. We can make an application. And that's my prayer this morning is, as you hear the word of God, that you would allow the spirit of God to take his word and apply it to your life, because I don't know about you, but God's word has and continues to change my life. And so as we look this morning at this Psalm of David, I love how David says again in verse 30, as for God, listen, as if we didn't already know that, but David says, I want to remind you that his way is perfect. God makes no mistakes. I read a a, a true story back in 1932, quite a few years ago. There was a pastor, and he went by his, I don't really know what his first name was, but he went by A.M. Overton. His last name was Overton. And in his life, he was enjoying life. He was pastoring a church and loving what God was doing. And his wife was pregnant with their fourth child. Things seemed to have gone well, and it came time, about time, for her to deliver this child, and she started to have some complications. They took her to the hospital, and it was there at the hospital that Overton not only lost his wife due to complications, but lost the baby also. He found himself a few days later standing at the graveside of his wife, the one he loved, the one he had been serving the Lord with. He didn't quite understand why God had allowed his wife to have complications, why her and the baby died. He didn't understand it all, but he knew that God was in it. He just didn't understand, but he knew he could see the hand of God. And so it is recorded that Am Overton went back to his house, he went into his room and he sat down there at a little desk that he had. He took out a piece of paper and he laid it on the desk and he took a pen and he began to write these words My Father's way may twist and turn, my heart might throb and ache, but in my soul I'm glad I know he maketh no mistake. He then continued to write, though night be dark, it may seem that day will never break. I'll put my faith, my all in him. He maketh no mistake. For by and by the mist will lift, and plain it all he'll make. Though all the way, though dark to me, he made not one mistake. You think, how in the world could a man who lost his wife, lost his child, sit down and write those words that were a poem that we actually sing? One of the men said, Pastor, are you going to sing that this morning? Well, listen, when I think about that, that is something that that pastor had a heavy heart about. But he knew God's hand was in it. God gave him the grace to deal with this situation, the words to deal with his wife's home going. And as somebody said it, the father's way is a way that makes no mistakes. Listen, God is perfect. His way is perfect. The Bible says here in verse 32, it is God, David said, he testified that girdeth me with strength. And he, God, is the one that maketh my way perfect. That is what A.M. Overton's testimony was all about. He says, I don't understand it all. But I know that as you look at these verses here in Psalm 18 that we read this morning, God makes a, listen to me, he makes a clear distinction between his way and my way. Now think about this. Look at the verses again. Verse 30, as for God, notice his way is perfect. Look at verse 32. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. You see, when I look at these two statements here, it is either God's way, his way, or my way. That's where the real battle takes place. Remember what Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. Now, Jesus was God. And if Jesus as God said, listen, it's not important what I want, the only thing that matters is, God, what do you want? So many people today want to live their lives their way. Can I tell you this morning that when his way becomes my way, then my way becomes perfect. Let me say that again. When his way becomes my way, then my way becomes perfect. And we need to allow God's way. And as you look at this psalm, turn with me if you have your Bible there or look in the outline that you were provided this morning. Look at the end of this psalm. And I want, you to, I want to show you how David, as he's singing this song, look what he comes to at the end of this song that he is singing. Look at verse number 46, how the Bible says, The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God that avengeth me and subdueth the people under me. He delivered me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen and sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to his king and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. That's how he ends this song. They talk about a, about a way to end something. David here, notice in verse 46, he says, The Lord liveth. How many of you know God's alive today? Listen, we, we're we on the victory side of life. Read the Bible. Read the back of the book. We win. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something. The devil is always, always going to be trying to defeat us. He's always going to try to steal the seed of the word of God. He's always going to try to, to, to cause problems between us and those that we love. Hey, listen, the flesh is weak. The world is always going to oppose us, but we have a God that liveth this morning. David says, I have a reason to sing, and he says, blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. Hey, listen, this morning, we came to exalt the Lord. We didn't come to exalt man, because listen, man can do nothing for us, but God can do everything for us. David is singing this, and he comes down to the end of the psalm. And notice he says here, therefore will I give thanks unto thee. When David says, I'm going to give thanks, he's saying, I'm going to confess the Lord. I'm going to profess the Lord. I'm going to tell people how good my God is. And he continues on. Notice here, he says, God delivereth me. He gave deliverance to his king. He showeth mercy to his anointed. I mean, David here, when he says the word deliverance, if you study that in Hebrew, it's actually, even though it's the word deliverance here, it is actually in a plural form. The word deliverance, a synonym of that word is the word salvation, how God will deliver us. He'll give us salvation. David says, God hasn't just delivered me once. He's given me deliverances, salvations he's given to me. How many of you know God has picked you up more than one time, right? God has helped us so many times along the way in our lives as his children. And David says he has shown mercy many times unto his servant David. And look at this last part, and to his seed forevermore. Now David's dead. David's no longer the king. He was talking about a physical reign. But the reference here at the end of this psalm actually points to the Lord Jesus Christ it's talking about a spiritual reign that will continue on long after David through the Messiah through the Lord Jesus Christ I love this psalm here and how interesting it is that as you read this psalm we find that the words are repeated from what we found back in 2 Samuel chapter number 22. Look what the Bible says there in the first couple verses of 2 Samuel chapter 22. And David spake unto the Lord. Notice how the similarity here. He spake the words of this song. Notice song in that day that the Lord delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer the God of my, rock, of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. Now, I find in the word of God this, this fact, that when God says anything, it's important. But when God repeats something, in other words, here he's giving double attention in this psalm, also back in 2 Samuel chapter 22, God wants us to pay attention to what he's saying here. Well, what is he saying? Look, I know that in our lives that it's easy to say God's way is perfect when everything is going right, right? I mean, boy, when things are good in our lives, we can say, praise God, his way is perfect. But when things are not going according to plan, It's not quite as easy to say his way is perfect. But I am reassured, like David, and I hope you are too, that we have a God that is perfect who does nothing imperfectly. God's way, his way is perfect. As God is working in our lives and as God is transforming us into the image of his own dear son understand this morning that as he is doing that work in our lives, that we, you and I, should want his way, his perfect way, to be our way. You see, that's the only way that we can be more like Christ. The world needs to see God in us and God through us. Some of us, I know, have things in our lives. Some, I know, that even now at this very hour, You have pronounced visible struggles that you're going through. Others of us may not have something that is as visible. Maybe it's a private struggle that we're going through. And only God knows what we're going through. But can I tell you whether your struggle is visible or whether your struggle is private, it's still a struggle either way. Everybody experiences some of these in life But this is the truth is that you and I, as we struggle in life, as we meet these challenges as a child of God, we will have no peace and we'll have no purpose in life until God's way becomes our way. Because his way, not our way, his way is perfect. And that's what David says here. So this morning, we're reminded over and over again, and I hope you take this truth with you, that his way is perfect. Notice three thoughts David gives us this morning. The first one is this: that our God delivers, Our God delivers. I mean, when David actually uses these words and sings this, and he writes here in chapter 18, look at the first couple of verses, and I love how the, the psalm or the song starts, he says, "I will love Thee." O Lord, how many of you love the Lord this morning? You know it's one thing to say, "I love you." Remember what he said to Peter three times? God says, don't just give me lip service. Show me that you love me. David says, oh, he says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies, you notice all the my's there, this was a personal thing to David, I mean this was easy for David to sing, why, because I'm going to tell you something, God meant so much to David, because of all that he had been to him, all that God had done for him, David is testifying here. And, and the, the text and the, and the background to this psalm we read in the title, what is he talking about? He's testifying how he's, he's running from and he's fleeing to the rock. Long before Hollywood coined that phrase, listen, Jesus is the rock of our salvation. His banner over us is love. And I love how David is fleeing to the rock. He fled to the as he calls the Lord, the fortress, his fortress, to a deliverer that is his God, his high tower. Look, we need to know in our lives when we need to flee, and we also need to know where to flee to. There are many times in our lives that we're going to be tempted like Joseph. You know what Joseph thought to himself? Hey, as much as I love this coat that my daddy gave to me, It's not worth it. I think I'll just leave it. Because I'm going to get out of here. I'm not going to allow myself to give in to this temptation. And I'm going to flee to my rock. And he got out of there. He fled to the Lord. David, as he is... Notice here, he understands that he needs to flee to his deliverer. He runs from the things in his life that would pull him down and what does, he, what does he go to? Where does he run to? He runs to the Lord. Notice in verse number four of your Bible, he says here, look at this, the sorrows of death, David testifies, come past me. Those sorrows of death, they were surrounding him. He says, they're all around me. He says, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. He says, in my life, I've I've been so overwhelmed. Certainly, look, you could could use Saul here in these thoughts of David as he's singing this song unto the Lord, and as it was recorded historically in 2 Samuel 22. But David says, look, there were so many others besides Saul. So many enemies that that were constantly overwhelming me. He says, the sorrows of death were all around me. Look at verse 5. David says, the sorrows of hell compass me about. I mean, they, they, listen, the sorrows of hell, we're trying to drag him down. David's literally, the wording he's using here is almost as if I'm a hunted animal. I don't know where to turn. The sorrows of hell are after me. The snares, look, he says, the snares of death, they prevented me. They, they were coming before me. He says, listen... I didn't know where to turn to. David felt like he was facing death. He didn't know which way to go. He says, I'm about to drown, but look at verse number six, and this ought to be an encouragement to you this morning. Look at this. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. Folks, where could I go but to the Lord? That's what David says here. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried, I cried unto my God. And look at these sweet words, he heard my voice. Do you know that when you go to God as one of his children, that God will hear you? And listen, God is, yes, he is in heaven, he is on his throne, but God listens to us when we cry out to him, when we call out to him. David said he heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him, look at these words, even into his ears. David says, man, I prayed to God, and guess what? He heard me. Listen, God didn't see David calling on his spiritual phone and hit ignore. He answered it. He heard the cry of his child. Whatever you're going through, look, God knew every one of these situations, these people that were attacking David, that wanted to take his life, that wanted to take the javelin and actually stick him to a wall. God was there through all those situations, and David says, my God, in my distress, he delivered me. God heard my moaning, and God heard my groaning, and God heard my pleading of my soul. He understands Look, yes, God understands our cries, but isn't it interesting that even though it's cries, God understands our cries just like he understands our words. Sometimes we get to a place like David. David, he actually called out to the Lord, but then he went beyond that. The Bible says he he cried. You know what he, he, listen, he found himself at the place where I guess we could say it this way, he kind of hit rock bottom. There was nowhere else to go. Look at those words again in verse 4 and 5. The sorrows of death compassed me. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. David was really crying out to the Lord, saying, I don't see a way out of this. And sometimes, like David, we get to the place where we can't even speak the only thing we can do is cry out to god and david cries out to god god hears and god understands what david is crying about and god delivered him and look if god delivered david if god heard him then whatever you're facing god can hear you and god can deliver you like he did david and i love this as we go on in the psalm this morning that as David cries out to God and God heard him in his ears, what does David then begin to do? Well, look at this. Boy, what a reason to sing. David breaks forth into praise. And he begins to talk about God. Look at Psalm 18. Look at verse number 7. Look at the very first word. What's what's the first word of verse 7? Then. See, right after I, I called unto the Lord, cried unto the Lord, He begins to talk about the majesty of God and the power of God and the glory of God. Look what he says here in these verses. And then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and did fly, yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds uh, passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them. He shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of water were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke. O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils, he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Well, when I look at David here breaking forth into praise, and David says here that God sent from above, and God took me, and God drew me out of many waters. The word waters there talking about uh, turbulent times and the troubles that David had been through. David says, look, God took me from that. God drew me out of that. He delivered me from my strong enemy. But when he says here, they prevented, he's talking about his enemies. He's talking about what he faced on all sides. He says, they prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. The word stay there is a great word. It means God was my support. God was my prop. God's the one that held me up when I went through these times. See, folks, I'm going to tell you something. I can't imagine what it would be like to go through what we're going without the Lord. Because the Lord is our stay. That's David's song here. Notice he says, He David says, I didn't pick myself up by my bootstraps, he brought me forth. And he mentions here, into a large place. What he's he's talking about there is, you know how sometimes when it just seems like every direction you turn, David felt like this person was against him and this person was opposing him and these people wanted to kill him and take his life and stone him. And listen, everywhere David went at times in his life, that's the way he felt. He felt like he was boxed in, like it was a confining time in his life. And he says, you know what God did? God took me out of that confinement and he put me in a place where I have a room. Room to do what? To praise him, to thank God. That he took me out of that situation and put me in a large place. Notice he says again, he delivered me. Why? Because he delighted in me. Just in a few verses, about seven times, David actually says in his own words, God did it. God did this, and God did this, and God did this. That's what we ought to spend our lives doing, praising him for all the good things that he's done. David says, listen, He says, I want to tell you something. Our God delivers. There's going to be weak times in our lives. We're going to face some of these challenges. But listen, as we go through those weak times, if there's going to be deliverance, there has to be God. And God is our deliverer. David says, our God, he delivers. But then notice, as we saw in verse 19, our God delights. David said, he delivered me. Why? Because he had delight in me. He delighted in me. He had favor toward me. Now look what the Bible says in Proverbs 3 and verse 12. Whom the Lord, what's that next word? Whom the Lord loveth. How many of you know God loves you this morning? Every hand ought to be up. How many of you know God loves you this morning? God loves everyone, right? Listen, even the sinner. God loves everyone. And the Bible says here, whom the Lord loveth, he, now this is the part we don't like, he correcteth. God's not going to let his children sin successfully. God by his spirit, God by his word, God may use circumstances or other people in our lives, but God loves you too much to just let you go on and do what you're doing that is in direct opposition to him and his word. And so the Bible says, who he loves, he chastens, he corrects. Notice this, even as a father, the son in whom he delighted. So that tells me as I look at that, that yes, God deals with us. Why? Because God delights in us. And the Bible helps us understand here that why does God do that? Because God takes a special interest in us. God is personally interested in your life and mine. Look, it's easy for us to say, I love the Lord, but can I tell you that the reason that we love him is because he first loved us. See, that makes all the difference. Because there's been times in many people's lives where they don't, they don't want to follow the Lord, they don't want to serve God, they don't want to please God with their lives, But the the amazing fact is not that you and I love him, it's that he loves us, that he cares about us, he delights in us. Look back in Psalm 18, look at verse number 20, David's testimony there, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me. Now when you look at this statement that David makes here, God didn't reward David because He was perfect. No one's perfect. Only God is perfect. That's not why God rewarded him, because when God looks at us, you and me, anyone, God sees us for who we are, and that is we are sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. So when you look at this verse here, God, in his mercy, in his grace, God has chosen to forgive us of our sins when we repent of them. And so when David makes a statement, God realizes that, that, you know, listen, David understood that when God looked at him, and if you're saved this morning, when God looks at you, you that are saved, God sees the blood of his own dear son, that Jesus' blood has been applied to our account. that, That, listen, it has been imputed unto us that our sins, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, have been washed away by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and David knew that, god had rewarded him only because david had not chosen to fought back with saul listen there are many times the bible records where saul was after david's life and david was given occasion opportunity where david could have could have raised his hand against god's anointing he could have chosen to take saul's life but he would not do that and in your life and mine think about this that someday that what we do for the lord what god gives to us that understand that it is all his, it all comes down from him, and that someday we're going to have the privilege and honor to lay it back down at his feet. You think about what Job said. Job said that he brought nothing into this world. And it's for sure he could take nothing out of it. What somebody wrote years ago, only one life twill soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last. Someday you're going to have an opportunity like David to lay things at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in your life today, listen, I, don't, I think that many of us, maybe we have, maybe we haven't uh, hit the place, the low that David hit in his life, but it's for sure that David felt low. He felt left out, but he is reminded as he was singing this song and as he's thinking back to all the things that God had done for him and what God meant to him, David was, uh, listen, this one thought that he had was that, listen, God loves me and God delights in me. And can I tell you this morning that God loves you and God loves all of us and God delights in us too. David says, our God delivers us. And he says, our God delights in us. And we just, as he delights in us, we need to make sure that we are pleasing him. Well, how do we do that? We make his way our way because his way is perfect. Notice then thirdly, Not only does our God deliver us, and our God delights in us, but our God directs us. Look at verse 22 of Psalm 18. David says, for all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. Can I I speak to you this morning, child of God? Those of you that are here, those of you that are listening by way of live stream. When the Bible uses these words, judgments, statutes, it's a direct reference to the word of God. God has given us his word. And listen, it's not for us to pick and choose and decide and to take it out of context. It's ours to obey it. It's ours to follow it. And David making the statement where he says, all his judgments were before me and I did not put away his statutes from me." David was saying this, I have kept his word. I have followed the word of God, and as we keep God's word, you know what God will do through his word? He will speak to us. As we read his word, as we hear his word, the Bible says in Psalm 18 and verse 32, look at this, David says, it is God that actually girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. David says, look, I can't do this for myself, but God has done this for me through his word. That's why, listen, folks, when it comes to assembling ourselves together, being in the house of God, it is of the utmost importance. The Bible says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Folks, we need to be under the word of God, whether it's reading our Bible at home or being in the house of God when the doors are open. That is, we hear the word of God and we don't put it from us. That God will speak to us. God will give us strength. God will gird us. He'll help us as we face things. But so many people today want to do things their way. They feel like they know better than God. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. The way that you may think is right today may not be right at all. I know this, my way is never better than God's way. Because David said his way is perfect. As I read this psalm, and maybe I'm paraphrasing, I really believe that what David was saying is, I didn't try my way first. And when that failed and that didn't work, then I decided, okay, I guess I'll try God's way. No, I really believe that David found God's way and he made that his way what a great example to you that have children teach your children to be submissive to the word of god the bible says children obey your parents in the lord for this is right as you read the word of god look teach your children like david is saying here find out what god's way is and make that your way because god's way is perfect So many people struggle in life, and many that I'm praying for that are even struggling now. It may not necessarily be something that they did wrong, something they're going through. But I know this, you can either choose to struggle all your life because you want to do it your way, or you can admit that the best way, the only way, is to do things God's way. That's what we need to do. And if we live our lives, as David was at this point in Psalm 18, if we live our lives in victory, then one day we will have eternal victory. The story is told about a man who worked for the Salvation Army, Samuel Brendel. He was living in Boston many years ago, and one day Brendel was out, and he was walking down the street, and he knew the area very well. And as he was walking past a a tavern, a local establishment, he could hear, of course, a lot of things going on inside this this uh, place uh, that people were spending money and drinking too much. And as he as he was walking by, they noticed him and they saw he was dressed in the Salvation Army uh, dress that he had and. All of a sudden he heard a bunch of noise and he heard one of them yell and and out the front doors came flying a brick. And undoubtedly these people's aim must have been good because it hit Brendel and knocked him unconscious. He nearly died from it. This brick hit him in the head. He spent 18 months in recovery. Time in the hospital, time at home. But during that time, instead of sitting around complaining about what happened to him, Brendel actually sat down and he began to write. It took him a little time, but it was a small little booklet. You see the name of it there, Helps Helps to Holiness. Thousands of people over the next I don't know how many years read that little booklet that Samuel Brendel wrote. They read that little book many of them of course were helped by it and then shortly after that time the recovery period Samuel Brenda was able to go back into the pulpit and start to preach the word of God again as he was able to preach many would come up to him and it seemed like just about every person he talked to would thank him thank him for that little bitty book that he wrote how much of a blessing it was to them to help them to understand the life that they should live for the Lord. and He would respond by saying these words, if there had been no little brick, there would have been no little book. You know where he got that statement from? From his wife, Elizabeth. His wife helped him. She said, Samuel, God allowed this to happen because his way is perfect. And his wife then took that brick and actually had Genesis 50-20 put on that brick, and it sat in his office as a constant reminder that if that would have never happened, he would have never wrote that book. And those thousands of people would have never been helped. And you might be sitting here this morning saying, I don't understand why I'm going, why would God make me go through Why is all this happening in my life? Can I just tell you, you may not understand it all, just like A.M. Overton, when he stood at the graveside of his wife and his daughter. But as he wrote those words, he maketh no mistakes, because his way is perfect. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I really believe that there are no coincidences, no accidents with the Lord. I believe that that brick came out of that tavern at the exact time that Brenda walked by because that was God's plan, God's way. I believe this so much so that God brought you here this morning. I don't think it's an accident you're here. And the only thing that God is saying to all of us is, will you let me have my way with you? Why don't you give up your way? And why don't you do my way? Because my way is perfect. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we stand to our feet as the piano begins to play. Brother Kenny begins to sing this song of invitation. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, the altar's open. If you're visiting with us today, an altar is a place to come and spend some time with the Lord. An altar in the Bible was a place of dying. Why don't you come today and say, Lord... For too long, I've been trying to do things my way. And this morning, you have shown me through David's song that your way's better than my way. Why don't you come this morning and say, Lord, I need the faith to trust you and just do what you want me to do. Some of you this morning are here And if somebody were to ask you this question, do you know that if this was your last day on this earth, where would you spend eternity? If you can't answer that question, if you're not 100% sure that heaven would be your home, then why don't you come and trust Christ as your Savior today? Repent of your sin. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died us if you need to be saved why don't you come this morning I know that this might be a little bit new to you but I guarantee you if you come this morning we'll have a lady take a lady and a man with a man and we'll take the word of God and show you from God's word how you can know for sure that heaven would be your home someday right there in your seat this morning Say, I'd like to do that. How can I be saved? And the Bible's clear. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. David called upon the Lord, but he was one of God's children. See, That's one of the blessings about being a child of God is we can always go to our Heavenly Father. And if you would open your heart and receive the Lord is your Savior today. then He'll be your Father. So if you are here today, the Bible says that if you ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin, you repent of your sin, you can be saved. Many years ago, I prayed a prayer like this. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be my Savior. I claim the promise of God that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's God's promise. And this morning, would you pray and ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin and be your Savior? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Before we have a closing word of prayer, I wonder this morning, no one's looking around. Did you pray that prayer? Did you ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin and be your Savior? If you prayed and asked the Lord to save you this morning, would you slip your hand up? You can put it up and put it right back down. I see that hand. Is there anyone else this morning? Pastor, I prayed that prayer. God, helped me to understand that I needed him. I can't go to heaven without him because he's the way. Anyone else this morning besides this dear lady? Pastor, I prayed and asked Jesus to be my savior. Lord, we thank you for speaking to hearts today. Thank you for... Times like these that we could sit around and think about how bad they are but God you sustained David through all of that you brought him to the place where you gave him this song and all he wanted to do was love you and praise you for what you've done for him and when I think about us Lord where would we be without Jesus I know we're we would be, we'd be on our way to a Christless eternity. But because of your love and because of your son, we have eternal life. Thank you for this one dear lady that prayed this morning and received the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd help her in the days ahead. Lord, I pray that you'd help all of us that know you to remember these thoughts this morning, that our God delivers and our God delights in us. Lord, help us to live every day in the victory that you've given to us in Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.